was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday, everybody. It means it's the Jazz Preview Show, meaning Craig Buller, Jack, kind enough to hang out with us. Buller, how the heck are you? Hey, Scotty. Hans, I'm good. You know what? You hesitated. You weren't quite sure what day it was, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. They all kind of blend I heard, together. I heard the they? pause. I'm with you. I mean, you hit the road, you don't know if it's Wednesday, Tuesday, or, or maybe, um, you know, midnight on Saturday. I don't know. But I maybe, feel the same way. Maybe he's doing his show on the day off right now, Bowler. He, he could be. doesn't even know. It's Saturday. Uh, he, what are we he, doing? He, he's doing one for free, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bowler, you told me once that uh, – and again, look, I, I, I do a 31-game basketball schedule. You do 82. Like, I can't even touch the amount of work that you guys put in. But I'm here in uh, – I, I called a game in Laramie last night, and then I drove down. I'm here in Fort Collins. Utah State will play Colorado State. You know that road trip well. Oh, yeah. Uh, back, back in your old whack days. And uh, so – but, you know, you told me once that sometimes, you know, on road trips, you'll wake up in the morning, you're like, where am I at again? I'm not really sure. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and then you forget what hotel room you're in and the oh, dates just kind of ooh. blend together. Like, again, yep. I'm not comparing myself to what you and Thurl and Locke and Booner go through because 82 games is a much different situation than, than 31 in a college basketball season. But I, I, I kind of get what you're talking about now. I, I'm, yeah. I kind of see what you're saying. Well, Han's got a feel of that a little bit with uh, BYU on the road too. You know what happens is you – uh, you stare at your I've, – I've walked on the wrong floor, and the night before I was in 709, and then I'm in 809. And it's just like, why? Well, hold on. And then you put your key, you know, and now they're all electric. And so it, it flares up red, and you go, oh, God, I'm lost. You know, where, what I got to do? And Or am I, you know, am I trying to enter another room? You know, here's another one, too. And, I, I, you know, each, each, each room is configured differently. And sometimes, you know, I almost fall off the bed thinking or hit a wall at night if I have to make a visit, right? And so did I go off the left side last night or on the right the right side of the bed? I mean, I getting I know it's crazy. Listeners don't want to hear this, but you know, when you when you hit and when you live on the road seven months out of the year, that's kind of some of the weird things that happen. You are you wake up and you go, Where am I? And it's true. Where where am I? And for a moment it's a little panic until you finally get your senses back. Well, the nice thing is we've got you at home here for a bit, Bowler, and it was another home loss, uh, two home losses in a row, three consecutively uh, with the Phoenix Suns on the road. But uh, another loss and a a worrisome loss because there's no LeBron James, and it looked like there was some letdown moments in this game. Just kind of give us your overview of what happened last night against the Lakers. You know, Hans, I still think the Jazz are, are, are working their way through losing, you know, a couple of three guys that really had a big impact in that locker room. You know, they're 0-3 since the uh, the trade deadline. And last night, the Lakers again, you know, kind of that, that theory of, you know, bombs away. They shot 57%. Anthony Davis uh, goes, you know, for 37 points. 
and um, Ruri Hachimura goes 36, and you think, wow, there's always that one player that steps into the spotlight to take over when another player may be down, and that was the case last night. You know, and I, I just well, – LeBron hasn't played in Salt Lake. I, I lose count, I think, one of the last five games, and he's 0 for 2 this year. So uh, I felt bad for the fans. A lot of kids last night with, with uh, LeBron jerseys on didn't get a chance to see him at all in Salt Lake. But, uh, you know, again, it's um, – it's what it is. I think it's developmental time. Uh, Keontae is getting the start, and now Walker Kessler moves back into the starting lineups. Uh, Taylor Hendricks is trying to get more than 16 or so minutes a night, and you're getting a little taste of Bryce Sensabaugh, and I think that's what Justin has to do along with Danny Ainge to see what what they have, and if they don't have what they need, then they move those assets and use the draft picks, which, you know, again, there's a bucket full through 2029. And also there, they should be a player uh, in the free agent market uh, or can they move a player away with trade bait, right? With, with draft picks. Cause again, I think last count was like 14 uh, or so first round picks and about $46 million in cap space. So I would think the jazz make, will uh, make moves. I think there'll be a player. They'll be very busy in the off season. Uh, I don't think Ryan wants this to be, a drawn-out um, retooling or rebuilding, however you want to define it. But, you know, talking to Justin and uh, seeing Danny in the halls, uh, they understand the big picture. I mean, Danny did it in Boston, so you have to hope that, you know, that same process is, is underway. It's not a short fix. They, they want a long-term fix. They want to give Jazz fans the window like Golden State has had. And that does come. Uh, with a price, it's rare to do that, to have eight, nine years where you're actually in title contention. But, you know, Oklahoma City may be doing that. Uh, Sacramento's trying to do the same thing. But, man, it, you have to be lucky along the way. And that's that's the biggest thing. And also stay away from injury. And hopefully the Jazz can, you know, the process is underway. And we've seen it for the last two years now, moving older players opening up cap space and gaining gaining assets. That seems to be the key word is assets and how do you use them. And that's what I'm kind of waiting to find out along with Jazz Nation on how Danny moves forward with Justin's help. So, um, you know, all you can do is, you know, ride the horse to the barn and, and see where you go. Is that what uh, Willie Nelson would say in one of one of his songs? I don't, I'm not sure, but I guess that's kind of a, a way of saying it is just you have to hold on for the ride and see where, where it takes you. So, again, I think Jazz fans can look at the fact you know, they've lost six out of the last eight, three in a row. Good chance it might be four in a row tonight against Golden State, and they're limping into the all-star break. And, you know, there's that balance of, okay, we understand it's about the long game and assets and development and things like that, but we want to win. We want to be, in, you know, at least in the conversation for the play-in spot. How do you right. how do you balance that? Because, you know, you want to give a good product to your fans, but you also want to develop long-term. I mean, it's kind of an interesting quandary that Jazz are in right now. It is. You know, Scotty, that is that is the whole quandary. That is the whole question at hand. How, do you, how can you do both? In reality, I'm not sure if you can. But if you're lucky enough and you still, you know, have a core – of, of Larry marketing and what Walker's developing into and Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. If, and he's trying to regain his three point form after a, a real couple of three weeks of struggle, you know, there's potential there to do it. 
Uh, Danny Ainge, I remember earlier this season, one goal was to actually make it into the top 10. That's the next step because I still think whether you're not a, a bona fide, you know, top five team playoff experience still bodes well, right. In the development of these young players, if you get a taste of what it's like to go from regular season to postseason, And even if it's just a play in game, okay. Uh, I get it. But, um, uh, yeah, the Jazz lost a couple of guys, players they really were engaged with, especially Kelly Olenek. I mean, he made a quick impact in a short period of time in Salt Lake City, and I think they appreciated his skill set. But now you have to sit back and say, okay, let's watch Keontae grow. And what's Taylor Hendricks about? Uh, they used the ninth pick uh, to pick him up out of Central Florida. And is Colin Sexton going to be a player that will be a starter or could he be a rotational guy that makes a big impact as a, as a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think how you have to ride. Um, boy, I tell you short, no one wants to wait and I get it. Um, Scotty, you know, we always kind of kid you and you kid me about the ASC West, you know, with Denver and Kansas city, San Diego, or now LA and, and the Oakland and now the Vegas Raiders. But you know, I tell you, man, there's a long time in between some stints. Um, you know, the Jazz haven't been back to the finals since 98, and that's a long time. Uh, you know, they had D. Will and Booze to the Western Conference Finals, and that's really about the last big hurrah. Uh, but, you know, what does it take, man? Patience, I guess, to get back there, but also you have to make the right picks and decisions along the way. So, Buller, I took a little bit of a direction it was Scotty earlier that I want to venture in just a little bit with you because you've played high level sports and you've covered high level sports and you currently exist in a competitive uh, world of employment. It's, you know, everybody wants your job. We, the three of us have hit the job lottery. And, and so it's a competitive world. Right. So there's something that's really difficult that's happening right now with the Utah jazz and people need to understand the chemistry of it and the dynamics of it and understand that it's unique to this situation. And, and I'm not trying to say that Chris Dunn or Tanner Horton Tucker or any of these guys are causing problems. I'm trying to point out to anybody that's in a competitive world, this is ultra competitive and this is millions and millions of dollars. So when you see young guys that are playing in front of you, and if I'm Chris Dunn and I'm watching last night Keontae George trying to rotate over to Austin Reeves to defend Austin Reeves as he's running towards the rim and can't protect it and can't defend it. If I'm Chris Dunn, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, man, why? what are we doing? Are we trying to win? Are we trying to keep this young guy out there? What, what does this mean to my job? I'm trying to make my money. I'm trying to be sure. pertinent. And, and we could – it, that could pertain to our jobs. A young gun that wants to sit in on the mic and having a boss tell us, hey, you're going to have to sit off the mic for a second because this hothead wants to speak. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Buller, the competitive side in me and Scotty's a competitive sucker and you're a competitive sucker, it, it doesn't matter. Like people say, no, you got to be a good teammate and you got to let him talk and you got to support him. But there is a competitive blood and there are millions of dollars that sit on these things. And it could take a time to adjust to. Oh, hands, absolutely. Every one of these players, you know, are here for a reason. They're the best of the best uh, in the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball, hockey, you name it. 
you know, you fight for it in high school, you fight for it in college, and then all of a sudden the, the big money comes and nothing stops. That's why they're, they're playing. They're competitive. And that's who you want on, on a team, right, to, to fight for your job. But also at the same time, not to be so disrupted that you break the locker room in half because I think what Will Hardy's told me multiple times, Hans, is that you have to understand your role and what role at what particular time. You know what? Dunn's gone from a bench to a starter back to the bench. And you know what? He still has kept his poise and his professionalism. And, you know, I think also one thing that the ownership has is that they have the control, especially – um, in the NBA where, you know, they can move players. It's not, not easy to do. The trade la- trade deadline has come and gone, but in the offseason, you know, those moves come. Um, you know, Draymond's been disruptive with Golden State, but yet his skill set, I'm just using him as an example, his skill set gives them the opportunity to win every night, right? I mean, we're going to see him again tonight. He averages nine points, seven rebounds, six plus assists, and he's a really good three-point shooter whenever he decides to put the ball up. So they try to you know, survive with some of his antics on the floor. But is he competitive? What would you say, Hans? Hell yes. And sometimes that's worked against him, but also that's why he's still there. But to your point, Dunn's competitive. Sexton is uber, uber competitive. And they all want to play. They all want to start. But not everybody can. Who closes? I think Will Hardy has to get a a bit of a a lot of credit here, not a bit, but a lot, that he's been able to communicate that to keep this locker room kind of intact and that they understand and there's no surprises. I think that's the one thing athletes don't want when you're making millions of dollars is don't surprise me or embarrass me. And I think Will has done a great job to put it out there on the line to say, this is what I need, and I want you to to understand that. And so there's no surprises along the way. And I think that's been probably one reason why the Jazz have, have been able to coexist through these transition periods because at least are told, uh, right up front, what the ultimate goal is, what their role is. And Chris Dunn, to your point, is fighting for a contract right now, too. You know, he went from a top 10 pick to a G League guy, maybe almost out of the league, and now he's fighting his way back in and found his niche with the Jazz as a, a high-level defender. So, yeah, I'd want to play every night, too. But also I think they have to try to understand what the, the end game is and can they be a part of it. And that's the best I can explain it from what I feel and see and hear, you know, traveling and being around this team. Um, there's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of competitiveness, but I think they still want more, more players who come in at a higher level as well. Some will be a part of the future. Others will not. And I think they all are still fighting to prove their worth as, as Danny Ainge goes through the process with Justin Zanuck. Craig Bowler, Jack joining us, 97.5, the KSL sports zone. So Bowler, what do you expect out of this team tonight as they get set for this game and obviously, you know, you know, not playing their best basketball, dealing with a lot of stuff, um, but yet it's a good Golden State team. It should be an easy team to get up for. How do you think this thing plays out? Well, Golden State played last night, and, uh, you know, this is the rescheduled game from uh, middle of January when they sadly lost uh, the assistant coach to a, a medical emergency here in Salt Lake City. So from what I understand, Steve Kerr's back. Um, uh, Kenny Atkinson filled in for him just a couple, three nights ago. Uh, So I would expect competitive. Both these teams, Golden State's 10, uh, Utah's 11 in the West. So that's that balance, you know, a game and a half between either the play-in or you you go home. 
So I would hope to see again a competitive, a competitive game. You know what what's happened in hands. You know, and Scotty, when you really break down the Jazz, the Achilles heel is turnovers, and that is again now trying to re uh, reset everyone who has to play with a different player now since Olenek's gone. They played through him a lot, Pontecchio and Ochai. So now you have to kind of almost go back to camp and reset and get used to a new lineup, and that's not easy to do. It takes time to, to put those uh, that sixth sense basically into play. So I think the one thing is the Jazz have always played hard, but one thing, Hans and Scotty, that's been their biggest issue is a two- or three-minute window in one or two quarters totally disrupts what they've done right. And so Will Hardy speaks to that all the time. The turnover is one of the biggest issues they have to, to, to figure out, and that is make the smart pass. Uh, and then again, if you do turn the ball over, still bust your butt and get back in transition defense. But, you know, just last night, uh, you know, they're dead last in the league in turnovers. And last night, 13 turnovers. Doesn't sound bad, but they still gave up 17 points. So it's, it's those minutes, a couple of minutes in the third quarter, or maybe early in the game, when you lose focus and all of a sudden with the youth and the inexperience, you know, one or two or three turnovers and four or five possessions can lead to a nine or 10 point swing like that. And then do you have enough to continue to give the effort to play a pill? And the jazz have had to do that multiple times. Look, they've come back from law, big deficits, by the way, last year as well, but uh, there's only so much you can do. And then a team, senses it and you drop a couple of threes and this game all of a sudden gets out of hand. And I thought that's what happened last night uh, with the Lakers. The Jazz battled back but couldn't hold. And then all of a sudden you have uh, a barrage of threes. And what does it tell you, Scotty, in hands? The power of the three in this league is dangerous because a game can slip away or you can make your own run back. But if you force it, you miss it. And that's where the Jazz kind of, I thought, again, was a great example last night against Davis uh, and the Lakers. They'll play hard well, in hands. And, Scotty, to answer the question, I think they've always played hard and the fans have, have appreciated it. But, again, can you just tame yourself and get away from the turnovers and hit a few shots early and give yourself a break? The Jazz seem not to give themselves too many uh, opportunities to hold a lead. They have to play from behind. And hopefully they can hold a lead tonight. We'll see. That's why you play them. Well, Bowler, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us, as always. Uh, have a great call, and uh, we'll talk to you again here very soon. Thanks, Bowler. All right. And thanks. And, Scotty, uh, I'm going to try to just, uh, you know, get away for an all-star break and tell Tim LaCombe try to figure this thing out, okay, when you talk to him later the, in the show. I will. And tell sure. him to tell me what he knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Thanks, All Bowler. Right. Thanks, guys. There he is, the great Craig Bowler Jack, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.